what do you get when you place three incredibly experienced singer-songwriters who have each left huge marks in the music scene, winning Grammys, are members of Music Halls of Fame, have countless number one hits, and are still hungry to create fresh new music in a studio? You get Blue Skyriders, a new crossover country rock pop vocal band that has exploded onto the music scene with a new album titled Finally Home. Singer-songwriters Georgia Middleman and Gary Burr have joined former Inside Music Cast guest Kenny Loggins to deliver a collection of well-crafted songs that will resemble a freshly repackaged vibe from the 70s and 80s. But don't second-guess Blue Skyriders. Their songwriting prowess is an impressive collaboration. They all share lead and harmonic vocals and will leave you wanting more. Two nuts, can the nut where anything goes? What's gonna happen here? Nobody knows. Was a time might have been frightened out of my mind, but it's alright. 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 I'm feeling brave tonight. Just like an arrow pulled back in a bow This is my moment and I'm dying to go There's no turning back when I finally take flight But it's alright, alright, alright I'm feeling brave tonight If I sit Yeah. 
Inside Music Cast welcomes Georgia Middleman, Gary Burr, and Kenny Loggins, Blue Skyriders. Hey guys, welcome to Inside Music Cast. Good to be here. Great to be here. Hey, you know, the three of you have really hit the high-profile media circuit lately with, uh, you know, an appearance on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, you know, the Sundance Film Festival, Al Franken's re-election campaign, and uh, I think you were even at the presidential inauguration, and most importantly, uh, right here on Inside Music Cast. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. We've been waiting for years for this particular interview. Oh, I know, I know. It's big time, big time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kenny, it's been a while since you've, we've had you on Inside Music Cast. Uh, it's been uh, since 2008 or something, and uh, and now, um, you know, who would have known that, you know, the three of you would have found yourselves, you know, together touring, working as Blue Sky Riders. Had you had had uh, this type of a notion before, even in the past five years, that something like this would ever happen, or is this, uh, uh, you know, a, a brand new concept here for you? It was a concept that popped through my head when I was writing uh, music for my last studio album, which mm-hmm. was called "How About Now." Right. And that that title song and about two or three others, I wrote with Gary Burr in Nashville. I decided to write the bulk of that record with Nashville writers and mm-hmm. Richard Marks Richard Marks told me if you if you write with anybody you gotta write with Gary Burr. So yeah. he was on the top of my list and it was a good reason. You know, he's a great writer, but I also discovered that he's a great singer. Yeah. And when the two of us sang together we sounded like brothers and, and yeah. I thought this is this is something worth looking at. Yeah, exactly. So the idea germinated from that point on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fortunately, it was the Marx Brothers that we sounded like. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I love about Kenny is is a lot of people have ideas that come into their heads and then they let it go. But Kenny, he gets these crazy ideas and he runs with them. And they all they all seem pretty interesting. I like that he follows through. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, they work out. You know, I had a, a few months later, I had an idea to bring a girl into the band. Mm-hmm. Which is the best yeah, idea. I, I, I saw Gary and said, <laughs> <laughs> we need a female singer-songwriter. She's got to be a great writer. And you know who it is. Yeah. And I think he was sitting right next to her at the time. Wow. Yeah, I was right there. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, Kenny, we know your connection with Gary and when you hooked up on, on How About Now. Georgia, tell us how you connected with uh, Gary in the past. Uh, what was your first uh, crossing? Well, I... You know when he talked to, when Kenny talked about Gary as a writer mm-hmm. when I came to Nashville, Gary was the kind of the king of Nashville and, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like his writing he's just so good at it and what people don't know until they meet him is he's such a fun hang too mm-hmm. he's just so much fun. So I got to write with him about fifteen years ago. I, I had a record on Giant Records and right. we wrote for that sure. and I loved it and and then I didn't see him for years and uh, Gary asked me out on a date one day and I was finally single and we went out. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me about how Kenny wanted to start a duo, and I didn't know Kenny personally. I loved his music, but I, I had never met Kenny. So he told me about this duo idea, which I thought would be fantastic. And somewhere along the dating that year, uh, Kenny called Gary, and I was standing right there when he said, we need a girl. And it was just timing, I think. But, you know, I wasn't One of our- one of our first dates was I took you to a Loggins and Messina concert. I know, that was a, really right. That's and ironic. That night. Holy cow! Uh, that, and then, yeah, that's almost spooky. And then uh, <laughs> it's weird. About six months later, is that when you had the idea, Kenny? I I, I don't get along. I have no relationship with time. 
<laughs> well, what happened was Gary suggested the girl he was dating, because Carrie and I had a working relationship, too. We had done a lot of great work together in the past. So he yeah. was coming from a professional stance when he called Kenny. Mm-hmm. And Kenny said, well, let's see what happens. Let me fly to Nashville, and, and let's just write together and see what happens. And he flew in, and that's what kind of told us, because we didn't know. It was a great idea, but I didn't know if I was the one. I mean, you don't know till you're actually doing the work. Yeah. And we sat down, and we wrote the first song so fast, and mm. we laughed, and we sang, and our voices naturally found three-part harmonies yeah. while we were writing, and yeah. it was just, we kind of looked at each other and knew, wow, we really we really are a band. Yeah. And it was kind of evident to all of us. So that's kind of how I saw it. How it went down. Well, regarding your point on, on uh, Georgia about you know the music and it, it fitting so well, you know we've been sort of um, digesting the, the the new album and, and it's just recently out, um, but it does feel natural. I mean, every single track it moves, it slows, it drives, it does so many things, but it always feels that little natural feeling that you're talking about, and and I think that's um, that's really gold. Sometimes you see these collaborations forced just for the sake of forcing, but in this, uh, you know, you can see that the natural qualities really blend real nicely. So we understand that. Thank you. I don't think you, you can't fabricate that. No, no. That's why, that's why we knew we were a band. When we sang together and felt that, that blend and that energy, I knew that I had to do this no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, if it becomes that easy, I want to work as little as possible. So when it was that <laughs> that's easy, right. that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you want to taste it when it's good. Okay. Absolutely. Well, hey, Gary, you know, your resume of artists you've worked with and have written for is is absolutely impressive and, and really diverse. You know, you've written for, you know, something for uh, Ricky Martin and Christina Aguilera. Um, of course, you've written for past Inside Music Cast guests, uh, Richard Marks and Kenny Loggins. And, and in all, I think you've had you something like 14 number one hits and countless top 40 hits that you've written for. But when you look at the diversity of the artists, you know, you've worked with, you know, the style of music, you know, to a degree, really doesn't matter as much as the foundation, which is, of course, a well-written and well-crafted song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of lucked out. I, I I got something going in Nashville, but I wasn't in Nashville, so I really didn't write for the market. I just wrote the kind of songs that I liked, and I, I you know, I've always just tried to you know rip off Beatles songs for my entire career. <laughs> so that's what made me sort of like the weird guy when I started to come to Nashville because uh, I wasn't writing like anybody else. Yeah. And I do, uh, I tried to just sort of keep that to make the song first. And and along the way, it, it's, it's you know, I, I, I've, like you say, I've, I've, I've gotten to write for everybody from Ricky Martin to Great White. <laughs> and I love that. I love that there's, that there's no style other than I just try to rhyme as often as I can. And then, Georgia, you know, you, you also have a pretty amazing resume yourself, you know, having collaborated more so with the, the country crowd like Keith Urban and, and Martina McBride, yeah. Reba McIntyre, and Faith Hill, just to name a, a few. And I think, uh, I think you've also had a song that you wrote, or uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a song that's on the uh, TV show Nashville, is that right? Yeah, it was. It was the um, finale of last season. Okay. I had a song called When the Right One Comes Along on there. Well, you know, my question, when it comes to songwriting and collaborating with another artist and, you know, you have to enter their world and you have to become intimate right. with their project and their situation. I mean, is that a difficult aspect right. of the song creation process for you? No, I kind of, when I get into the room, I mean, everyone's so different and you just kind of, you talk a little bit and converse and get a feel for each other and you kind of find what resonates. I mean, I'm, I'm 
very good at adapting to different situations because I've had to do it for 20 years here yeah. in Nashville with so many different people. It's always a little nerve-wracking at first when I don't. I know I have a day with someone I've never met. It's yeah. like a blind date. But as soon as we sit down, the humanity comes out. We start talking, and I get to know them a little bit. Uh-huh. And then I know what kind of ideas to throw out based on how we're talking because I have a million ideas. But I, you could throw out something that they could just look at you like you're nuts. I mean, I want to get a feel for the person I'm in the room with. And with these two guys, it's pretty fun because we never lack for an idea. Yeah. Sometimes you are stumped in the room. Like I'll throw, with different co-writers, I'll throw out ideas that I really like, and they're like, I don't hear, I, I don't know how to write that. I don't know what to do with that. And it, and it gets tough because you can kind of hit a wall unless you unless you have, I don't know. It, it can be tricky. Yeah. But um, it's just nice to find people whose instincts you really can trust and, and just jump in and because you're kind of flying blind when you're writing a song and you're just going by your instincts and, and what turns you on. Yeah. And it's just fun to find people that feel the same way and, and that similar instincts. Yeah. Go ahead, what were you going to say? At the same time, um, I think I consider myself very lucky to be writing with Gary and Georgia yeah. because they're very adaptable to whatever musical thing comes into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written with great songwriters who had very small windows of, of what they can do. Right. Uh, but really great in that one area. Mike McDonald comes to mind. Michael's brilliant at exactly what he does. Mm-hmm. And so when I would collaborate with Michael, I, I had to join him in that one little space. And if I pushed too hard, um, he just wouldn't hear it. Yeah. A good example of that is a melody that became heart to heart. But I, I brought that into the room for Michael first. Mm-hmm. And he just meant, I don't, I don't hear it, and I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed because, in my mind, it was perfect for him. But, you know, later on, it turned out to be perfect for somebody else. Yeah. Um, but with Gary and Georgia, they, I can, if I have a germ of an idea, I don't need to worry about that. They're, it's so far, it, it, what I bring into the room is what I feel is appropriate for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, it's it's all worked, but... You know, sometimes we'll start with nothing at all. We'll just kick around a piece of lyric or, you know, or, or, or a phrase, you know, that sounds like it might be something to hook a, a, a song on. And within a few minutes, there's a melody jumping around the room. So yeah. it all depends. Sometimes we each of us will bring a piece of something what we've been sitting with for a while or just came up with the other night. Very cool. It's, fun to, it's fun to play that game. Mm-hmm. Hey, Georgia, I just wanted to mention real quick that um, your, your 2008 release, The Things I Didn't Know I Knew, I, I love that album. Yeah. That's, that's such a fabulous collection of songs. You, and there's What's that? You are so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> well, there's a lot of musical styles and diversity on that one. And and uh, the track I really like on there is a track called I'll Have What She's Having. It's it's kind of a fun little te- <laughs> it's kind of a fun little Texas swing, and, and it's one of those kind of songs I can almost hear Lyle Lovett doing. <laughs> I can, too. Do you know Reva Cassette? Oh, did she really? Yeah, and that was a good lesson because I – in Nashville, you try to demo songs so that the artist can hear them the mm-hmm. way they might do them. Mm-hmm. But that song I didn't have a demo on, so I just recorded it for my record with clarinet. Uh. It was kind of jazzy and swingy. Yeah. And then she picked it up, and she changed it and made it Western swing, and it was fantastic what she did. And when they interviewed her, <laughs> said, how did you hear that song? She said, well, it was so crazy. It had all these clarinets and stuff. I just <laughs> took all that off. <laughs> and I loved it because she heard, she heard through that other production. I didn't tailor it towards her or anyone. I just did what it sounded good to me. And then she took it and made it what sounded good to her. And I loved that she did that. But thank you so much for saying that. I'm going to have to hear Reba's version now because I like your version. So I may, <laughs> I'm jaded now. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.
Hey, everybody, uh, let's uh, pause for a few minutes, and I want to check out a track from the album Finally Home, and this is I Get It from our guest today, Blue Sky Riders.
Hey, Kenny, the last time we, uh, you know, really saw you really sing with a partner, obviously, was uh, as, as we chatted a little earlier with Jim Messina. Now, just um, just for the emotional sake, uh, does Blue Sky Riders, does it take you back to those days? And or, or my question is, you know, what's similar and what's different from this collaboration than than the obvious, uh, more than the obvious that there's just three instead of two? But what type of uh, similar vibes are there, you know, from working with someone? Well, I'll start with the obvious because it's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, to be in a trio versus a duo is a completely different emotional dynamic. Mm -hmm. In a way, we we always have the built-in tiebreaker. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's Gary, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Georgia. Yeah. Um, But we're usually, the three of us, uh, looking for the common ground. We're looking for that, that way that um, does more than just break a tie, you know. Which I try not to entrench in my way on any musical idea, mm-hmm. um, but to stay open to the possibility that there's a third way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all kind of approach it that way, and that comes from a level of respect and maturity that takes years to develop. You know, we, we respect each other because we just do as musicians and songwriters. But the the ability to not have to be right all the time mm-hmm. comes with maturity. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that when Messina and I were together, we were both in our early 20s, and we were flailing to figure out who we were as individuals. Right. He'd been seriously repressed in Buffalo Springfield and and even ran into some big musical differences in Poco and when we met, he had a lot of great ideas, but they wouldn't let him cut. And they became the backbone of the sitting in album. Yeah, right. Um, but like I say, we, we both were searching for our individuality through that duo. We never intended on being a duo. Our intention was to cut one record together, have it be an introductory record for me, and then I would make my first solo album off of that. Mm-hmm. That only took six years. Well, Kenny, you know, when I saw the Blue Sky Riders perform last summer, um, you know, I, I could sense, at least maybe it, maybe I was overthinking it, but I could sense that you were refreshed and rejuvenated from, you know, performing there with George and Gary. And I mean, you know, with the path of success that you've paid for yourself, you know, your name alone, you know, is going to fill seats for Kenny Loggins' headlining gig. But but Blue Sky Riders is, is kind of an uncharted territory and, it, and in a sense, a whole new start for you. And you guys are right. re- you guys are really working the media circuit and getting the Blue Sky Riders name and music out there. And I, I sense that, you know, this challenge probably takes you back to those days when you were really hungering for success in the business. It is very much that way. It's, it's very reminiscent. When we played Leno this time, I, I felt more joy than nerves. Uh-huh. It was like, wow, this had come much quicker than I imagined it could come, and um, and I'm and I'm grateful that um, for whatever reason they gave that record a listen, and the the uh, woman who books books the talent for Leno, uh-huh. Barbara, um, she t- hooked into one of our cuts called Brave, feeling brave, right? And even though we've been pushing Dream as our, our primary message song, mm-hmm. she said. If you're going to come on this show, I want you to do Brave, because I love that song. Yeah, I do too, by the way. And, <laughs> and thank you. So, uh, so that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And it came off really well. And yeah. it's just um, a very exciting thing to, to feel the nerves kicking in again, you know, going out to an audience. We don't, when we first started headlining, we weren't sure anybody was going to show up. <laughs> we didn't have a record out yet. Yeah, yeah. 
And then the last show we played in Nashville, a few days after the record came out, a good third of the audience knew the record already. Yeah. And we saw people singing along, and mm-hmm. that's a rush. So watching this grow is probably the most fun of all. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it's neat. Hey, Gary, let's talk a little bit about the material on the new Finally Home record, and uh, which just uh, released recently. Uh, you know, how have you all shared? I know that you are very much very um, accomplished songwriters, but let's talk about the material as to over the, you know, over the past many months that you've been working together, you know, how do songs end up on your on your table, the docket? Uh, do some of you bring what you've been working on and say, hey, look, let's try to work this out here, or do you all work together on something brand new? How does that vary in the process of what you're delivering as, as writers yourselves? Um, all, all the different combinations of what you said. Okay. Uh, we, because we live in different parts of the country, we really have to plan and go, okay, in two weeks, we're going to come out to Santa Barbara and we're going to sit and we're going to try to write three songs. And then three weeks after that, you're going to come to Nashville, we're going to try to write two songs. But when we sit down, it's, it's pretty much a normal thing. We, obviously, I think we don't pull out anything that we don't think is appropriate for what we're trying to achieve. But, you know, one of us will have a hunk of something, one of us will have something from long ago. Yeah. And then there are some times when you sit down and you look at each other and you're just in the mood to just go, let's just blank sheet of paper. Let's just bang on something and see what happens. And that's, and, and every time we do that, at some point the song turns into a Blue Sky Rider song. We always say it's sort of like the fourth writer in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so we, every combination way you can think of it, it's, it's, uh, it's a fabulous collaboration. That's neat. And, you know, you, know uh, you guys have mentioned that uh, you know, Nashville is loaded with so many amazing musicians and writers. And um, you know, uh, my question is, you know, tell us about your, your band, uh, whether in the studio or whether you're on, on tour. Does uh, your selection of musicians that back you up, uh, does that vary? Maybe you can uh, clue us in who's playing for you guys. Well, I brought in um, two players that are the backbone of my uh, solo act. Uh-huh. Uh, Scott Bernard, who's out, out of Nashville and is just a brilliant lead guitar player. Yeah. Plays lead and slide. And then uh, Tommy Breckline, yeah. who's been a L.A. drummer for years and can pretty much do anything. And then I brought back a player that I turned Gary and Georgia onto because he's just such a joy to work with. And I worked with him in my first solo years. George Hawkins Jr. Oh, right. Absolutely. And George has been all around Nashville and some L.A. Mm-hmm. And really knows his way around a song. He's a very melodic player and just a really fun hang. So that's the, the essence of our backup band. That's neat. That's cool. Were those same... Were those same... We did the record... Yeah, I was going to ask. We did the record in L.A. and we did the record in Nashville. Uh-huh. And we wanted to... We wanted to have the the experience of both, so we used kind of a more of an L.A. band when we when we recorded in L.A. and we used more of the top Nashville players when we played when we recorded the other half of the record here mm-hmm. in Nashville. Okay. So we, I think that we each wanted to use to pull in our worlds and show the other. I mean, I think George and I really wanted Kenny. Dig our national players that we love and use all the time, 
and I think Kenny felt the same way about his L.A. guys. And so we did both. That's neat. Very cool. Tell us, did you three produce the album, uh, or how were the how were the production uh, duties shared? Well, we produced it. We were a little worried going in because we all have been solo people for so long that we were worried that we would get into conflict in the studio. So we looked around and said, who's a, an established guy that we respect that we could have in the studio to just sort of be the guy that breaks the ties and to give us an overview so that we, if we get a little heated about it, that he can help us all <laughs> step back and have pros and cons. And we thought of Peter Asher, and we asked him, and he was uh, wow. happy to. He came to hear us play, and he loved it, and he, he dove in. Uh, but the album, you know, when we're in the studio, it's the three of us and Peter, you know, putting in his two cents, and uh, and uh, we've done a lot of pre-production work, so it was a uh, a very generous four-way production. Wow, that's that's an amazing dream team. You include Peter Asher into the whole mix, and you guys and your careers. I mean, it uh, it's it's pretty amazing the 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 experience that probably was in the studio. Which brings me to my uh, a track, and you mentioned it a little earlier, Dream. And I think it was Candy that you mentioned that Dream was uh, chosen as the as the the driving track or the single for you. Um, but uh, I really love this song. I encourage all of our listeners to check it out on the on the Blue Skywriters uh, site. It's very well done. It's a fun track, and uh, and I, I just think it's a it's a neat track. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, there's a great story to it. Tell us about that, please. Tell the story, please. It comes from uh, my experience of uh, flying uh, to Nashville to meet Georgia, and the first day we all met together and wrote our first song together. I went back home very excited about the idea that I'd started a new band. Mm-hmm. And here I was writing and, and getting all that adrenaline from the vision of a new project. I called a friend of mine up who has the, the, uh, been a music advisor of mine for many years. And, and I told him what was going on and how excited I was. And he said, well, I know you're excited, but I think you should calm down. This is, I, I would advise you against this. He said, it's, it's a lot of work that you may not be going to do. And I would suggest that you think about retirement now and just <laughs> write a few more songs and hang up your spurs. Is he still your music advisor, Kenny? <laughs> not so much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I texted Georgia the note that night. I was in Santa Barbara there in Nashville. I texted her, Two Oak a Dream. And then I realized that I followed my heart my whole career, and this was no time to do something motivated from any other so-called logical yeah, absolutely. place. Mm-hmm. But, to, but to keep following my heart, to go where the fun is, to go where the excitement is, and go where the music is. Yep. And um, so I went back to Nashville, and Georgia had taken that line and started the chorus to Dream. Well, Kenny, that is a really cool story. And, uh, you know, since we've been chatting here for a while now, let's, uh, let's take a short break and, and give everyone a chance to hear this track. And this is Dream from our guest today, Kenny Loggins, Georgia Middleman, and Gary Burr, Blue Sky Riders.
to wrap up here we just got a couple more minutes but um i just wanted to mention a couple of songs on the album that are actually both are favorite tracks of mine and we mentioned one earlier and that's feeling brave and if i understand this correctly the inspiration for this track was based on a a social media campaign called portraits of bravery and can you talk a little bit about this that was actually that came after we wrote the song we wrote it and um and then we thought it's such an inspiring track and we didn't know what it would be till it was written and once it was done we kind of met with our team, and we were like, how can we team up with a Brave? Like, we just thought that would be such a great campaign, and mm-hmm. we thought of our soldiers. And okay. there's a an organization called Operation Soldier at Ease.org, I believe. That's the, the group. Okay. And what they do is they soldiers who come back from war, and they try to get back into civilian life and adjust the family life after being out there abroad. It kind of, that was the group we focused on, and we started an online social campaign where 
soldiers, their families, and it also spread to cancer survivors. Anyone who people thought were brave would send in photos, and it's kind of like an online tapestry we started doing. And we do it on our website, blueskyridersband.com. Cool. That's and it was just neat. a neat way to tie in the song with really brave people. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And one other track on the on the album that I love is, is As Luck Would Have It. And it's, you know, it really stands out for me. And, and, and the vocal harmonies on this one are as good as you know, anything I've heard in a long time and, and the, the chord changes on this really hook you in, especially like around the, uh, you know, around the chorus part. And, and I'll say, I'll say it again, all of you sound so great together and talk to a little bit about this song, you know, who wrote this one and how did it all come together? Well, the three of us have written almost everything on the record and that's a good example of, of the trio coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, you share that title? The, um, does luck would have it, I think? Yeah, I think, I think you came to Nashville with it. I know. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with it, though, but I had that, and I had that F over A chord that I really Oh, we fought you on it. We wanted F over G, remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it happened a few times. Um, but, um, so we just built it out from there, you know. It's, the lyrics seemed to um, dictate where the song would go. Mm-hmm. It's really the most complicated song we wrote. It, it, it took us the longest to learn mm-hmm. because it's really like six different songs in one. Yeah. And, all these, yeah. and all these harmonies, every time we hit a harmony stack, somebody's in a different place. That's true. And it took us, and to this day, when we haven't been around each other, and we have to sit down in a room and go, maybe we should run over something. We always say, well, we better run over as luck would have it because yeah. I... I will be a ship at sea at that song because <laughs> I have I have about 150 moves in that song. Is, is that it's really a, fun that way? Is that a tough one to perform live? It's it's um, not because our band is so great. Yeah. I I didn't think we were going to be able to do that one live, and instead <laughs> it's like killer live. Yeah, one I of the we best were, ones. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think we could do it live because it was it had so many like 60s elements and all these weird yeah. you know groovy uh, things in it that I really thought that we would be putting out a pale version of the of the album. And instead, with our guys, it, it, we do it exactly like the record. It's really cool. Yeah, you know, I, I heard you perform this song last summer, and uh, it was definitely one that, that stood out for me. So I want to take our final break, and uh, let's check out As Luck Would Have It from our guests today, Georgia Middleman, Gary Burr, and Kenny Loggins, Blue Sky Riders.
just in wrapping up here, you know, obviously you guys toured pretty extensively last year and, and of course opening up for Kenny, but what does 2013 hold for the band? Are you going to, are you going to tour more or are you going to take a break from it for a while or what, what's happening with 2013? Yeah, we, we're going to tour and we're going to get the record out and just keep doing what we're doing and, oh, and exposing it to one audience at a time everywhere we go. Very cool. We're going to do, we're going to do headlining club tours of Just Blue Sky Riders. We're going to open for Kenny. We're going to, we've, we're, we've got some tentpole things. We're going to do South by Southwest. We're going to do Stagecoach. Awesome. Uh, we will, we will appear at the opening of an envelope. Very cool. That's really exciting for you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fun. Well, Kenny, Georgia, Gary, thanks so much for joining us here on Inside Music Cast. We appreciate your time. We love the album, and uh, yeah, maybe we can catch up with you again sometime. We'll try to come to Indianapolis and play. Oh, please do. <laughs> we'll see you. Thank you again. Take right, care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Special thanks to Blue Sky Riders for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Max Zape, Mikhail Ingstrom, Uwe Reith, and Scott Sheriff for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast. Guided by stars.